Welcome to TMZ Live. Harvey Levin here. Jacob Beer. So, um, over the weekend, there was a wedding in New York. Um, and it was the wedding of a longtime producer of the Today Show. Um, Savannah Guthrie, who was the anchor of one of the anchors of the Today Show, showed up. Uh, not unsurprisingly. The other person who showed up is somebody Savannah hasn't talked to in five years. Her former co-anchor, Matt Lauer. And these two have not been seen with each other at a public event since Matt Lauer was fired back in 2017. So to see them oh, I can in the say, same room, Jacob, I can say, amazing. they haven't talked. They have had no contact at all. Um, and remember, when Matt Lauer was fired from the Today Show uh, because of, you know, alleged sexual harassment, um, Savannah Guthrie came in hard on him afterward. And there is, I can tell you, no love lost between the two of them. Um, but they came face to face. So here's what happened. Savannah shows up with her husband, and that's Savannah and her husband. Matt Lauer shows up uh, with his girlfriend. So they show up separately, and everything's kind of kumbaya. And everybody wondered, are they going to talk? Are they going to interact? Are they going to ignore each other? Because it's very tense. Well, guess what? Right before the bride walked out, Savannah goes up to Matt Lauer, gives him a hug, kisses him, and they chat for a couple of minutes. Well, at the same time, that doesn't mean that they're so buddy-buddy best friend. That could also just mean she's living by the rules of polite society. You know, I like to talk about the rules of polite society. You do when indeed. When you see someone- You're the even, youngest person in America who talks even, about those rules. Even if it's an adversary or someone you're not necessarily good friends with, you could still go up to them, give them a kiss on the cheek. That's the polite thing to do. Jacob, I, I don't I don't know about all that. There are rules of polite society, but Savannah Guthrie has had sort of this squeaky clean image. And for her to have an association with Matt Lauer, who even though it was six years ago, has a tarnished reputation and to be seen hugging him and kissing him could blow back on her. So I'm, I'm confused as to why she did I, well, I, 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 I got to tell you, Derek, I got to tell you something. If Matt Lauer comes back and does a television show, a cable show, or whatever, he will be a hit. Matt, oh, do you really I don't think know he will about ever that. have a career yep, again yep. in entertainment? I, I just don't see it. There's certain people that go so far, their reputation is so hurt. You know, the Bill Cosby's, the R. Kelly's. I think he's more in that category of oh, person. Oh, God, yeah. People don't God, no. God, well, no. Well, I don't know if we can throw him in Bill Cosby territory, he's but not. at the same time, he's not. think about how sensitive the climate is in 2023. You think a guy like Matt Lauer, first off, what network would take him back? Oh, I believe And also, if he were to come back, what would be the audience for him? Oh, I think he has, Matt Lauer has a huge, listen, this country is not the way that the 20% on each side or 10% on each side believe it is. There is a huge middle, and I think people are more forgiving than those 10% on either side. I, look, we're getting off topic. I, I do think that Matt Lauer is still a force, and we will see that play out if it does. But the fact is that the two of them, um, Savannah Guthrie knows that everybody's wondering about this. I mean, that's the headline, sad for the bride. Mm -hmm. But the headline here is how Savannah and Matt will interact. 
And they did. Well, well at, de to Derek's point, Derek's saying it could be costly to Savannah's image if she was seen costly. hugging and kissing Matt Lauer, but there are no photos of them hugging and kissing. This was at a private event and a wedding too. When you're at a wedding, you wanna be loving, compassionate, even if it's someone that you don't necessarily like. H Harvey, you wanna know who could come back? Two other attendees at, these, at this wedding were Amy and TJ. Now their exit- Well, they're from, having, tr they're having trouble coming back. <laughs> but, but I think they could come back. They're, they're just in love. They've, I mean, been trying to, they've been trying to come back for a year and they have been pitching themselves to various television networks, cable networks, it hasn't worked. Nobody's biting. That's why they're doing a podcast right now. I yeah, mean, it's but, just uh, but they, they may have wronged their spouses. Who knows about it's the not even about affair, it's not even it's not about that. that. It's like it's not about that. People, it's like th there are people who are husband and wife now on cable news networks where it was never even a blip, and they got together when they were on the air and they were still married. So I mean, come on, that's not even an issue. But they were making out on the dance floor. Who does that when you've been with somebody? Yeah, love for two is in years. the air. When two love is in the air, love is in the air. Show. Oh God! Yeah. Two people who want to get on a reality show. That's yes, uh, that's a good J point. Jacob. I like that. That's a good. Jacob. That's a good point. Two people who have been together all the time, all the time, and especially they're not even working, so they're together more than working couples, right? Yeah. And they're making out on the dance floor? Well, are you saying that, that even if you are with someone and you love them, that you shouldn't be making out with anyone on the dance floor? No, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, is that when two people who are both in broadcast get together and they're together for two years and then suddenly, two years later, they're making out on the dance floor, <laughs> they want a television show and they need to get the attention and we're talking about it because they made out on the dance floor and that's why they made out on the dance floor. <laughs> Hey, this is Dennis Consorte from Queens, New York. Matt Lauer's story is one of redemption. Most people, when they have accusations like this, they go back to work. Bill O'Reilly, Andrew Cuomo, even someone like Megyn Kelly. But Lauer did something different. He left the country. He lived on a farm in New Zealand for the last six years. He did leave, but I think he did. he's come back now. I think he's come back. So wait a minute. So you're saying bring Matt Lauer back. He didn't go right back to work. I bet he spent some time repenting for what he was accused of. And I bet that's what Savannah Guthrie thought too. Yeah, well, to, to his point, uh, I think Matt Lauer's I think been- he's America. Well, that guy's America. No, <laughs> I'm serious, that guy's America. That's what, I mean, this notion of canceling somebody forever. Yeah, people do good things, people do bad things. I get it. But that's, America is not, putting people against the wall and saying, stay mm -hmm. there forever. It's just not the way the majority of people view things. But there's so many people that you can choose from that if someone has been accused of sexual misconduct, you think, all right, why have them? You know, let's just go to the next person. That's how a lot of corporations think. That's how a lot of people think too. I think a lot of people think forgiveness, much more so uh -huh. than the 10% on either side. Uh, okay, so we are gonna move on we kind of saw this coming. Uh, Cardi B dropped a lot of uh, hints along the way, and now she just flat out said it. She's a single woman. Yeah, she is technically married, but it sounds like Offset is in her rear view at this point. This is what she said over the weekend, and now the question is, do you take her at face value, or do you say, oh, it's just another one of those, I'm breaking up, but I'm not? Have you guys been getting clues from me from my lives or from my stories when I put some certain music? find my own followings when it comes for today's events and stuff i don't know if it's true. i don't think it's true i don't care to find out because i i've been single for a minute now 
but I have been afraid to like, not afraid, I just don't know how like to tell the world. But I feel like today has been like a sign. Like I've been, the last time I got on live, I kind of wanted you guys to tell you, I kind of wanted to tell you guys, but I didn't know how to tell you. So I was like, I changed my mind. I want to start 2024 like fresh, open, I don't know, I'm curious for a new for a new life, for a new beginning. Cardi B and Offset have had multiple issues with cheating allegations and everything, and one of the most recent ones was this past weekend when Blueface alleged that Offset actually had hooked up with Krishan recently. So, you know, Cardi B coming off of that, she has been single for a while. There was a lot of, you know, things going around about them earlier this year where they were each accusing each other of cheating. So this isn't the first time we've heard about all of these things, but everyone has, you know, their last straw, right? And this was Cardi B's, where She's like, I need to do what's best for me right now, going to 2024 with no baggage. Yeah, and I don't think Cardi B is lying about this. I'm sure they have split up. They've been fighting for such a long time, but I think Cardi B is extremely tactical and she is speaking out now for a reason. There's a reason why she's speaking to her followers. Maybe it's because she's trying to get ahead of something. Who knows if a divorce is coming, but she wants to get the public on her side and control the narrative. Well, she went That's why she's speaking out about this. How is this not things. a divorce? I mean, she's saying, I'm getting a fresh beginning. I want to start new. I'm a single woman. How is that not well, a divorce? Well, I think what Jacob's trying to say is they've broken up in the past. We did, you know, right. she had filed for divorce previous, I believe it was either earlier this year in 2020. I can't remember the exact date, but she has filed previously. And then that was like, a, like they got, they settled whatever it was and then they got back together. So I think that's what he's saying is like, maybe this is her last time. Maybe a divorce is coming and maybe she was just trying to get ahead of it. With yeah. Her yeah. She wants to get her fans on her side. She wants to control the narrative because there's so much, there's so many rumors between Offset and Cardi B that come out that she wants to be in control and she wants to be the one to speak first. It's a smart move. But, you know, the way she's speaking, too, that there in the past, there's been a lot of anger that you've heard whenever this has happened. This was really kind of even. And when when it's that even, it's sort of like you've already kind of mm -hmm. resolved it in your head. So I don't know. The way she said it is it's more kind matter, of meaningful. matter of effect. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Somebody here. So Cardi B only had to come out because Blueface was petty enough on Twitter to boast about Chris Sean and Offset. So I feel like she was just in the process of trying to heal and everything and uh, get, you know, work her marriage out or at least even if she's over it, but just move forward the best that she can. But she had to just speak up because of Blueface. Well, I don't know that it's because of Blueface because it sounds like this has happened. This happened a while ago. It doesn't sound like this yeah. just happened. It sounds like they've been split up for, she said, for a while. That's now, what it yeah. sounds like. So uh, Taylor Swift may not be the good luck charm everybody thought she was because the Chiefs lost again. And her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, didn't play that great, right? No, no, he played fine. And this is so ridiculous. I hate, I hate this argument so much, but I guess people are running with it. It was a close game. The Chiefs barely lost to the Buffalo Bills. And as you could see, Taylor Swift. But when they barely fans. won before, they always attributed it to Taylor. So, so now we're going to call it a curse. Well, if, if, it's if, a, she, if they're not winning. If it's a good luck charm when it's a narrow game and, and, and they win because she's there, what do you say when they well, lose? How about neither? How about it's I'm not cool a good luck charm? I'm cool with that. It's not a bad omen. I'm cool with that. But millions of people feel differently oh my that gosh. they thought it was a good luck charm so, 
And now, I mean, look at look at poor Travis Kelsey when uh, they walked out. I mean, he feels a little dejected. You can see he it in also his face. lost a game. So, but at the same time, he's winning because he has Taylor Swift by his side Boy, holding pic- his hand. That picture, it's just, <laughs> it is just unbelievable. Well, I, I, but again, it's like what a consolation prize to have Taylor Swift well, holding your hand when you're walking she's out. It's not a consolation prize. I'm saying, well, I'm not saying she is. I'm saying if you're gonna lose a game. It's nice to have Taylor Swift holding her hand. So here's what I think. I think that if the Chiefs lose again when she's at the game, the party's over when she oh comes back. God. No, I'm, I, I, I think what, they're not going to let her allow no, no, in the stadium. No, they'll let her in the stadium. I'm just saying that I agree with you. It's dumb that people talk about good luck charms. Yeah. But they'll boo her if they. Oh if, come on! No, I'm serious. No, they're gonna, they won't. They're gonna do it if they lose again when she's there. So what? The, the camera's gonna go on her, and everyone's gonna go boo. <laughs> The optics of it aren't great. Uh, I, I will say that. I mean, you you go out and you win, you lose a game, and then you're out partying with Taylor Swift afterwards. Uh, he's not playing his best. I mean, Travis Kelsey is one of the best tight ends to ever play, and his last few stress of games has been very mediocre. Six catches, 80 yards, you know, here and there. It's not. He's not playing extremely well. So oh. I do I do think that people are going to be starting to uh, hey maybe chill out on the Taylor Swift thing a little bit. This is so ridiculous. I, listen, I think it's ridiculous too, and, but that's the way people and, are looking. And at you know, at the same time, Taylor Swift, she was just time person of the year, and in her interview, she. He said, I don't even know when the camera's coming on me when I'm at these Chiefs games. I honestly believe her. She's going to with, be with her boyfriend. They've I, been together long enough now so we can say this isn't necessarily for the cameras. It seems legit. She's going to every game. I, I'm not, That's what a good partner does. But you're missing what I'm saying. I agree with you that it's dumb to talk about good luck charms. People do that. <laughs> and when you say it's a good luck charm, listen, the person who knows about this more than anybody is Tony Romo because he was famously oh. dating... Uh, Jessica Simpson when his team started losing and people were calling her a bad luck charm so he gets it and this is what he mistakenly (laughs) said yesterday during the game all in receivers backs third and 18 and able to loft it oh what a play to Kelsey that's the kind of thing that Mahomes does he creates something out of nothing that goes for 24 and a first down this is intercepted by most people, as you see Kelsey's wife, Taylor Swift, in the audience. Or I'm sorry, girlfriend. Not yet. You don't know something we don't know, do you? He <laughs> did. Yeah. That was not unconscious. We can agree on that. That was not no. an unconscious reference. And that's from Tony Romo, by the okay, way. Okay, but we also say that was a pretty good catch, too. It was a good but catch. It was a good catch. Okay, point being that if they keep losing... As dumb as the good luck charm is, it's going to be a problem if she starts coming back to games. I'm not saying it's right. By the way, even though she's showing up to all these games and it seems like they are inseparable, she's still doing a really good job at hanging out with her friends. Because, you know, a lot of girls, when they start dating somebody, they kind of lose their identity and, like, stop hanging out with their friends. Not Taylor Swift. On Friday night, she was out with, like, a bunch of her girlfriends, Selena Gomez, Zoe Kravitz, Anya, Taylor Joy, even Cara Delevingne. They're all there hanging out, having a girls' night. They apparently went to a comedy show, they went to some Italian food after. But I feel like she's always standing by her friends that are like going through a bad breakup. Remember, we saw her for so long hanging out with Sophie Turner, who was going through a breakup with Joe. But now, you know, Selena's kind of in the news because she is now dating Benny Blanco and she's getting a lot of heat for dating him. People are saying that she's dating down. So yeah, story at the end of the day is Taylor is a great friend and a great girlfriend. 
Hey, it's Justin Littlechild calling from Wetaskiwin, Alberta. Taylor Swift is that supportive spouse that we all need. It wasn't a bad loss, but, you know, she was still there by his side showing support, and I think that's awesome. Um, it's also got to be kind of intimidating to date Taylor Swift a little bit. I mean, if he goes to one of her shows, I don't think she's ever going to have a bad show. I don't think that's a problem she's going to need to worry about. Well, the difference is she's in total control of her show. He's not in total control of the game. That's the difference oh. between. Well, it's just true. I, I guess. It's I just guess. true. I, I hate. I hate. Okay, this. so we got um, we got some sad news um, that um, ah, Chickadee, part of the Mama June brood, has passed away. She died late Saturday night. She was battling cancer that affected her lungs and her liver, and uh, there was just nothing they could do. It was stage four cancer. The family was around, and it is really, really sad. Twenty nine years old. Yeah. Uh, this is what Mama June said. And I passed away peacefully in my home at 11, 50, I mean 11, 12 last night, actually at 11 o'clock, but she was pronounced at 11, 12 p.m. last night. She died peacefully in my home. She loved every one of y'all, and she would not have it any other way for me to come on social media and let y'all know that that bitch gave one hell of a fight for 10 months. And Nana, I feel like she won her battle because Nana's no longer suffering. So as we're signing off for Anna Marie, she loves y'all's asses. <laughs> Just know that she's up in heaven doing the Tina dance for y'all. Yeah, this is super sad, you guys. I actually spoke to some people close to the family that said um, that they are having a memorial for Anna this week with an open casket. Um, but after that, they are going to be cremating Anna's remains and splitting up um, the ashes amongst the family. So, And then also they're going to be doing a memorial bench, so they have somewhere to go to talk to Anna and feel like they're so close to her. No, it's so sad. And and I know this has been going on for months. She was diagnosed oh, nearly a year, a ago, year ago and has gone under, uh, she went under uh, several rounds of chemotherapy and I think we all know someone who's had cancer and just to see a family member go through this uh, it just it's the worst and when you when, and when you listen to mama June too and you know she talks about because it, it is true there is such a heavy loss at the same time it ends the suffering and so there are many emotions that are you you know flow through a loved one when something like this happens yes yeah. hi this is Carmen from Maryland it's really sad to hear about Chickadee, but I'm happy to hear that she was able to get married by the time that she passed away. Um, I'm glad that Alana and Pumpkin all have each other, and I know Mama June is going through it right now, but I'm really happy that uh, Chickadee was able to get married before she passed away. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just a really tragic thing. Welcome back to TMZ Live. Harvey and Jacob here. So... Um, there is a new um, AI version of how to make your life better. And it is with the help of people like Paris Hilton, Snoop Dogg, Dwayne Wade, Naomi Osaka, Kendall Jenner, Tom Brady, and Padma Lakshmi. Sounds pretty good. Sounds great, right? So the idea is improve my life um, with uh, the help of an AI chatbot. And the concept here is that Meta has made deals with the people I just mentioned. And if you want, say, to figure out a fitness regime, uh, mm -hmm. you can kind of sort of talk to Tom Brady about it. But if you will, there is less here than meets the eye. Uh, and we are going to get into that right now with Jeffrey Fowler, who is a tech columnist for The Washington Post. 
and we're going to figure out, is this a good thing, a bad thing, and is it a cool thing or a lame thing? So Jeffrey's joining us right now. Welcome to TMZ Live. Thanks for having me. So um, can you just kind of explain this? Because I'm wondering if I'm missing something, because on the one hand, you're supposedly interacting with Tom Brady, but he's not talking to you. Uh, you are correct. This is as dumb as it sounds. <laughs> um, Meta, which in terms of products has been very late to the AI arms race that's going on in Silicon Valley right now here in San Francisco, where I'm based. And so it decided to enter this field in late September with chatbots. So think ChatGPT, things that you can have sort of human-like conversations with. But the ones that Meta came out with, they paid celebrities in some cases, we've, we've heard reportedly $5 million and up to have their chatbots try to emulate their personalities and knowledge. So there is, um, there's a Kindle Jenner one that they named Billy. There's a Snoop Dogg one they named Dungeon Master. Tom Brady, you mentioned. Uh, and when you open these up, either in uh, Messenger, the app that goes with Facebook, or with WhatsApp, you can go back and forth with them and... They're supposed to interact with you as if it was these celebrities, as if it had their personalities, uh, as if it had their their knowledge base. But it's um, but it's all but it's all based on writing. It's not like they're you're seeing the AI version of them, right? Yeah, there's not like a, a, a human. There is a little kind of animation of their face that goes on in, in one corner where they might like if they tell you a cheesy joke, they might like wink at you um, or or something. But uh, you know, yeah, it's not, not not like interacting with the real real thing. But what I can't get is like, what on earth does like a normal person get out of this? Um, you know, why would you want to do it? The only versions of this kind of idea that I've heard are catching on kind of at all is kind of the uh, the porn versions where people, some people are like obsessed with a certain celebrity or certain star, um, and uh, and then they can have their AI chats with them. Now that's not available in. Facebook Messenger, they have to go somewhere else for that, but it's the same basic idea. If people are gonna be able to interact with Kendall Jenner or Tom Brady, it's gonna to go to that place for some of them, right? So they try to put, or Meta did in these, they try to put uh, guardrails in place to keep them in line. Like if you wanna to talk to the Tom Brady one and you ask him about things that aren't sports, he doesn't really wanna go there. He will kind of redirect you back. But here's the truth. AI technology, I know everybody's out there worried that AI is going to destroy humanity and it's going to be the Terminator. But the problem with AI right now is not that it's too smart, it's that it's too dumb. And we don't, we just don't know when it's going to be dumb or how to constrain it. Let me give you a really good example. Knowing I was coming on to talk with you guys, I just got on the meta AI chat with Max. So Max is the celebrity chef. He's uh, Roy Choi. And I said to Max, hey, um, where should I eat lunch in San Francisco, in downtown San Francisco? And he told me about this restaurant. He said, oh, you should go to my restaurant, Max's Cafe. I was like, okay, I've not heard of that before. Looked on Google Maps, couldn't find it. So I said back to him to the chat bot, I said, where is it? He told me it's this location a block from my office in San Francisco. I was like, I can't find that. Then he finally said, oh, yeah, never mind. I was just making that up. What? What? <laughs> What? These things are so dumb that they literally make up information along the way um, just because they think that that is like what you want to hear. The state of AI tech is not as advanced as I think we're worried about. But the thing I would worry about here is now there's a lot of kids that are going to want to use this. Then who's regulating these apps to make sure that they're safe for kids? Um, I think that would be me. 
uh, <laughs> and other journalists like me who are out there, they're testing these things. And, you know, uh, from time to time, sending off a warning flare that says, like, wait a minute, uh, what are we doing? And why, in particular, put these these very experimental and not very well understood technologies into products used by children? That's kind of where I draw the line. We're doing an AI experiment. We're doing a documentary. And it's crazy, I'll tell you. what We've, we've been working on this for three months now. Um, and it's going to air in a couple of months. But it is crazy. And we're not using ChatGPT. It's a more sophisticated uh, version. Um, and I got to say, when you can take, I, I will just simply say, a dead person, and you input all the information, and then you put present information in, and ask them to project what they would be saying if they were alive today, I got to say, some of it's mind-blowing. And it made me think that if you can make something like ChatGPT, which is available to pretty much everybody now, better, if you can make it as sophisticated as what we're doing now with this program, it becomes the new version of an Encyclopedia Britannica. I mean, wouldn't that be the best case scenario? Absolutely. But the technology right now is just not reliable enough that you would do that to do either A, want to rely on it for real information that really matters, and B, put it in front of your kids to give them advice or pretend to be their friend because um, an AI is not your friend. An AI is a computer program. Mm. Yeah, well, that's the problem right now that people are not interacting with human beings, right? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and, and everything that makes social media so addictive to kids that worries a lot of parents, um, now imagine that if you make it also have the personality of right. a celebrity who you yeah. respect and right. you want to be like. Yeah. yeah. Okay, my friend, thank you so much for joining us. You bet. Jada Pinkett Smith um, has turned everything on its head. So you know that slap um, that we've all talked about for a year? She says it was a blessing. Seriously, not just a blessing, but it's the reason she and Will Smith are still married. It's unbelievable. She says, I nearly didn't even attend the Oscars that year, but I'm glad I did. I call it the holy slap now because so many positive things came after it. After all those years trying to figure out if I would leave Will's side, it took that slap for me to see I will never leave him. Huh? That's even more interesting considering his weekend. I mean, he was in Miami the whole weekend uh, at Art Basel with what kind of looked like a Jada lookalike. So it was weird for these things one after another to happen. First she says, look, I realized I'd never leave him. And then we kind of see him hang out with another woman through almost the entire weekend. So two kind of contradicting points, unless they're not, and they just have some sort of arrangement where this works. And that may well be the case. But even if that's true, by the way, even if it's true that they have an arrangement to make it work, the slap saved their marriage. I'm trying to understand that. And to call it the holy slap, like, can she put herself in Chris Rock's shoes a little bit? This was so embarrassing for this guy to get hit on national television in front of millions of people, and you're glorifying it as the holy slap? That is the reason why you and Will are still married? It has to go deeper than that. So is she saying, what I'm trying to figure out, is she saying it's like chivalry that he got up on a live broadcast yeah. and assaulted the host who had made a joke about her 
and that, oh my God, he loves me so much, I'm gonna stay married to him? Yeah, I guess before, well, you know, we found out that they were separated before this, that they weren't even for together years, for years. For years. And then maybe by, by the fact that he stood up and slapped Chris Rock in her honor, she thought, huh, I guess this guy really does care about me. It's just, it's so bizarre. I don't, frankly, why is she still talking about this? Is it because of her autobiography that came out a few months but ago? That's she was on a huge it's, press it's tour. It's run its course. Yeah. And it's like, and, and she's keeping this going. Fred from uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, it seems like we have a, another entanglement going on. Um, we cannot forget about that. Uh, if Will wants to get out there and um, see what's going on, he should be able to. It's funny that he, he likes uh, short hair women. Um, I, you know, teach his own. Oh, that's his thing. But, I mean, uh, that may be his thing, but as a th that in a way is kind of the least of the story. The, the big thing is what is she talking about? Um, which we're never gonna figure out. So uh, we're gonna move on. You know that the president of the University of Pennsylvania, Liz McGill, uh, resigned over the weekend, this after her testimony in Congress, where she would not definitively say that, say that students demonstrating and saying genocide for the Jews was bullying or harassment. She lost her job because of it. Well, now the president of Harvard is on the chopping block as well for the exact same thing because the president of Harvard testified before Congress. Uh, 700 members of the faculty there at Harvard have um, signed a petition supporting uh, the president saying she should not resign uh, for um, similar comments before Congress. Um, the threat here is that there are a lot of donors who are so pissed off, they're talking about yanking uh, their support from the university, um, and that is the mother's milk of universities right now, yeah. so we will see. I will tell you this, we tried to get numerous people from Harvard who signed the petition on TMZ Live today. Nobody would do it. Um, and I think one of the reasons is on Friday, Jacob and I um, had on um, Peter Bonilla, who is the head, the executive director of a, an MIT organization promoting free speech. Just to kind of refresh your memory if you didn't see it, this is what went down with him. What if um, the Ku Klux Klan um, came on campus at University of Penn with burning crosses and called for um, the death of black people? I think in a situation like that, the university would have a lot of would have a lot of leeway to restrict them, to to have them removed from the, from the campus, and say that they are that they are creating uh, that they are creating a safety threat. You're marching onto a private campus uh, like this without any particular uh, without any particular connection, without any particular right to be there. Let's say they're students from the university that organize a KKK type rally. They're students there. And they, they do exactly the same as asking for the genocide of Jews. I don't see the difference between the two at all. I think a lot of people don't. And I think that's, uh, and I think you've cut to a really, 
uh, to a really compelling uh, to a really compelling part of this entire argument, which universities are are in a real bind to uh, to get to get themselves out of and explain themselves on. It's so bizarre. Well, don't you think people are just scared to talk? I mean, after seeing what's happening to their bosses who are testifying before Congress and are getting just absolutely. I think it's the opposite. I think I, I think they're empowered to talk. They are empowered well, to talk right now because it is open season. I mean. I got to tell you, as somebody who grew up in the civil rights movement and saw that the idea that you would hate somebody because of their skin color or religion or whatever else was so anathema and appalling that it's open season now only when it comes to Jews, it seems, that you can have this opinion and express it vocally. Well, aside from that, like I'm thinking about people coming on the TV show talking about it. Don't you think that they're worried, okay, if I maybe say something that is taken the wrong well, they way, signed I a petition. my job. They signed a petition. Say what, Jacob? Uh, Claudine Gay is facing the loss of her job because of what she said in Congress. She had multiple opportunities to say, yes, this is a violation of our code of conduct. Of course it is. Announcing death to Jews or supporting sort of genocide of Jews is of course a violation of the code of conduct. It's not even a close call. This was such an unforced error. This is not a free speech issue. The code well, is it an no, error? Yeah. I a, want to be clear. Is it an I error not, or a belief? Is it an error or is it a belief? Uh, There's know, a I, difference I, between the two. There's an absolute, uh, sort. I don't know, but I think what it is is it's a capitulation to the student body, which is voicing these concerns, and she didn't want to be on the other side of that issue, right. even though this called for the sort of moral courage, and as the figurehead of Harvard University, she had a responsibility to show that moral courage in that instance, and they all absolutely failed. Yeah, I'm not denying that at all. I'm just saying I think people in media these days are getting ridiculed for everything that they're saying. And maybe that for, for that being part of the reason why those professors well, they are hesitant a petition. to go on their TV name, and talk about Their it. name is on a petition which is co-signing what the president of Harvard said before Congress. I want to make one other point clear, and then we're going to take a break. This has nothing to do with how you feel about Gaza, Palestine, Israel. There is a difference between arguing that issue, which is fine, and calling for the extermination of an entire group of people. I have never seen in my lifetime when calling for an extermination is a, you know, something to behold and embrace. That's what's happening now. What happened to this country and the world that we are basically saying, yeah, there's a good point in asking for the genocide of any group. When did that happen? Natalie Whittingham Burrell, Prince George's County, Maryland. So basically, private universities have the right to curtail speech, especially when it comes to safety. And I think it's a cop-out to say that it's a Gaza issue, that it's an Israel versus Palestine issue. Once you're calling for the extermination of a people, you can't complain that people are saying that you should not have the ability to say that on college campuses without some type of consequences. Do you want to graduate people that are threatening the lives of others? It's really concerning. Very I, concerning. I Very concerning. Okay. Taking a break, when we come back, there's a big kind of back and forth going on between Mariah and Brenda Lee. Mariah brought out the big guns to make sure that uh, around Christmas time, she's gonna be number one.
Welcome back to TMZ Live. So uh, Mariah Carey is not number one anymore when it comes to Christmas songs. Brenda Lee has topped her. It may not last for the rest of the year, but for now it did. So Mariah Carey played at Madison Square Garden over the weekend and decided she ain't doing kids play no more. Um, <laughs> she brought out the big guns. You know, Mariah's been the undisputed queen of Christmas for years now, and she still is, but now somebody's starting to come for her crown, so she's got to remind everybody who she is and bring the other girls out and be like, yes, I am the queen still, just remember that. Well, but how does that work if she's bringing two people out? It's almost like, well, wait a minute, you need Jennifer Hudson and Ariana no, Grande? No, 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 they've been a trio. These three had a song I together, know, Oh I Santa, know. so it's a popular song, and, and it face it's an MSG concert. Like, people get disappointed if you don't bring out special guests. That's but if you look at the end of this, at the very end of their performance together, Ariana does literally bow down to Mariah Carey and, like, do this to her. So, yeah, you know, the queen likes to have her subjects around. Who's going to be number one uh, this week or next week? Right now it's Brenda Lee for the second week. Mariah's slightly ahead in predictions for next week, so it's still neck and neck. But Brenda's got it for two weeks then? Two weeks she got it. She just They just announced the second week officially she's number one. Wow. It's pretty good. Wow. My name is Brittany and I'm from Atlanta. And I just think Mariah Carey, without a doubt, is always going to be the queen of Christmas and no matter what, no matter where you place her. And honestly, after seeing this, I would love a Christmas album from all three of them. Oh, what a great uh, yeah. idea. Mariah Carey and Brenda I, Lee. I think Ariana's next in launch. She, it's like the passing of the torch from Mariah Carey Ariana well, okay, first of all, Brenda Lee is 78 years old and she hasn't passed a torch. So I don't know that Mariah is going to pass that torch anytime <laughs> soon. We told you that Tom Brady and Irina Sheik were donezo. Guess what? Not so. This is Miami Art Basel over the weekend. Uh, there is Arena getting into a car, a car that Tom Brady is in, and then they see there are cameras there. Now watch what happens, because this tells the whole Don't story. Look. We saw them a couple months ago in New York, but they really haven't been public at all. But they're at Art Basel. How do they think it, that nobody, oh, is that Tom Brady over there with Arena? They're not, they weren't at an event together. They were in Miami together, and Tom Brady lives there, so, you know, I I guess they just want to, they've been he, in the public he, eye for years. He, they want to keep it, it. If he were Jewish, that is an oive face. <laughs> oh, <laughs> photographers. It's torn from East Texas, straight up on, uh, straight up astrology on X and the gram, and they're back. Why don't we just let these grown people be grown and mind our business, maybe? Talk to me if they make it through the retrograde that's starting in a couple of days. It, I don't know, ends around New Year's back to y'all. Oh my God. I think God. that's how they feel. Seriously, yeah, yeah. we're talking retrograde. Ah. <laughs> uh, what else do you guys want to talk about? Hey, this Cardi B and Offset situation, listen, it's difficult to end any type of relationship. And I think Cardi B at this time has this aha moment that she realizes, look, it's time for me to move on. It's time for me to start fresh. And what we can hope for now is just that they have and maintain a healthy co-parenting relationship. Okay, we will see. Uh, one more. I'm comedian Chris Hightower from Danville, Illinois, the official, unofficial TMZ Taylor Swift reporter, and um, pretty sad watching him walk out after a loss. Truthfully, Travis needs a different T name in his life, Tyreek, because he ain't been the same since Tyreek Hill left the Chiefs. 
But at least he got a cute girlfriend. Oh, my uh, God. I'm kind of with you on that. <laughs> You're honestly. viewing Taylor Swift as the consolation prize? Seriously? Oh, my God. Bronny James is doing the best impression of his dad, selling out stadiums here in Los Angeles. This past weekend, he made his college debut here at USC. And I mean, it's just remarkable. He, of course, suffered a cardiac arrest several months ago. And met with some, dire, that was a yes, dire situation. No, it was, it was incredibly scary. It set back his season, so he's missed the first couple of games, but he played on Saturday, and of course, his dad was in attendance. LeBron James made it very clear whether the Lakers had a game or not, he was gonna go watch his son play. So he played for 17 minutes, mm -hmm. scored four points. And Bronny played fantastically, the only down part USC ended up the, losing the, the game. The only downside. I, I, I mean, hey. We, and no shade to Long Beach yeah. State, but they lost to Long Beach State. Yeah, I, I think okay. it, it's it's not it's not a good look. Not. But great to see that Bronny's back on his feet, and uh, great to see that his dad was there too. Yep, we will see you tomorrow.